Charlotte Soccer Show. Welcome back. It is a Thursday night in the Queen City. John Hayes, Danny Brams in the house. What are you drinking, Danny Brams? It's a, it's an exciting night. There's a lot going on, and I'm interested to see what you've got in your cup. John, I'm drinking a uh, booty call. Uh, you know, who doesn't love a good booty call? And uh, it's a great name for a beer. And we're at Lenny Boy Brewing here in uh, the South South End, you could call it, and uh, having a good time recording. Uh, our preview episode for the Atlanta game, the, the the Derby match that doesn't have a name. We're out here on the patio. There's some music going on. There's some people hanging out here as well. There's some yoga in the Lenny Boy studio tonight. Um, Lenny, I, Lenny I, Boy's great. They do beer. They also do kombucha. So you can. it's the best of whatever world you're looking to be in, maybe both. Uh, but you got a lot of options. I'm happy that we're here, and I'm happy that I finally have gotten to wait, try. Wait, wait, wait. So, yeah, what are you drinking? Yes, yeah, thank sorry, you. Sorry, my friend. I was in the middle of telling I started you. talking about the kombucha. <laughs> so that was my bad. I don't have kombucha. I have the Mint City Pilsner. Been waiting to try this beer. Wanted to give it a shout-out. Specially brewed for the Mint City Collective in this inaugural season for Charlotte FC. And I'm in the Mint City Collective. You're in the Mint City Collective. Right, we're members. We're, we're not just uh, uh, fans of the MCC, we're members. So I feel like this beer represents us, and I wanted to make sure that it was good. And I could probably drink about 10 of these in one sitting. They're, I bet. They're light, they're crisp, and they go down easy. I bet if it was a hot day, you could drink 20. If it's a <laughs> 6 o'clock kick against Atlanta United and we get to the tailgate at 10 a.m.? It's the over under would be pretty close to that. Not exactly twenty. July in Charlotte feels like Min City Pilsner uh, kind of uh, season. It for does. Sure. It absolutely does. We're almost there. Um, it's, it's April. It's springtime. The Masters is happening. It's uh, an awesome time of year, and it's a time of year that Danny Brams has brought a lot of news oh. when it comes to Charlotte FC. The the docket is packed, man. I mean, if you're looking, if you look at a, just a headlines feed of. Uh, Charlotte FC news, it's all over. It's its up and down the freaking uh, scroll, you know. Uh, Jalen Lindsay signing contracts, Camille Yusviak's coming in. There's rumors about training facilities that are being answered by the CEO. That's pretty cool, you know. We love that Nick Kelly gets out there and shares some of the news with the people when he can, so that's pretty awesome. Uh, what's most exciting to you? With, uh, and we got the Atlanta game, oh, by the way. Uh, apart from the game, which has to be obviously the number one, what's what, what's most exciting to you off the field? Well, there's two more things I wanted to note as Keep well. So yeah, I, just, I was, I was you know, because I'm no not means, sure. I wasn't trying to put a definitive list out there. I was just teeing you up. Because we've got a couple more news items as well to discuss off the top. Charlotte FC and the Charlotte Independence come to an agreement on a partnership for the remainder of the season. Three players from Charlotte FC will be loaned out to Charlotte Independence just like they were last year. Adam Armour, Christian Fuchs, and... Our boy Bronny Bro. Bronny Bro, of course. Um, With the Independence last season, a new signing this week that will play for the Independence as well. Um, So two more guys will head over there. And this partnership is great. And are they ever going to play? That's a pipe dream that I have. I think it'll be really fun for the city. And whether it's a friendly whether it's a U.S. Open Cup match, which the Independents got knocked out of this week. They, they didn't hold up their end of that bargain. We There was a chance we could have been drawn against them like two rounds from now, but they lost their, their first-round game, unfortunately. Sorry, Independents. Speaking of the U.S. Open we Cup. We lost. We lost, I should say. Sorry. Yeah. Speaking of the U.S. Open Cup, the draw is on Friday. Charlotte FC will find out its opponent on Friday. We're going to discuss that. But the one other uh, update that I had as far as the, the club updates is Bobby Belair. 
the Fresh Prince. <laughs> Bobby Bella and the Fresh Prince. Br- brilliant. <laughs> you know, he's somebody Natural who, nickname. he got a promotion. Uh, he's the new technical director. Uh, he was the director of player personnel, and now he's the d- technical director of Charlotte FC. This is a big, big job for him. And I love the idea that people are getting promoted with, promoted from within. Nick Kelly gets promoted to the CEO of Tepper Sports and Entertainment from within. Bobby, the fresh Prince Belair, gets promoted to technical director to work with our boy Zoran. And something that we've talked about is, and we've been very critical of maybe national media people who said this team wasn't constructed in a way that would lead to success. The reason why Bobby Belair is getting this job is because he helped put this team together and the squad looks pretty good. Right. Internally, we think it's been pretty much successful, you know. I think we could be doing better. You know, I think some of the frustrations we've had got out in our last episode. But overall, we're it's a great, it's, it's, it's as usual, it's a great time to be a Charlotte FC supporter. We're turning the page, by the way, yes. Last weekend's match happened, and the excitement for the Atlanta United match on Sunday, a 1.38 kickoff, I believe it is, in Bank of America Stadium. It's going to be a huge match. We're pumped for that. We're going to preview that. We're going to give you our uh, projected 11 as well. And we have a special segment about the left-backed position. I think it's one of the more interesting spots on the field. Um, So we're going to talk about that. And is Danny Rios is the bouncer back in the lineup. If the bouncer's not at the door, then there's, you know, the VIPs can't get into the club in an efficient manner. You know, it's a problem. It's just how an efficient club is going to be run. And if you've been at a Charlotte FC match, it's more of a club atmosphere than it is a soccer atmosphere. And and you're going to see that on Sunday, a matinee showing on, on Sunday afternoon. So, before we get into all those important club updates, and you asked me just to answer your question, which one means the most, and it's uh, our designated player, Camille, uh, getting here in Charlotte this week and potentially being available for Sunday's match. He'll be here in the squad, debatable, but at least... Right, there was some chatter that was not, it was a lot of vague, like he's here, he might be available. All that really matters is that the visa work is done and that he's probably not going to play against Atlanta. Maybe a slight cameo at the end, but I think that's unlikely. But he's going to be very available for a crucial match in a week and a half against New England, for sure. Cannot wait for that. So make sure you join us next week. We'll have an episode of the Charlotte Soccer Show next week uh, after Sunday's match to recap the match, of course, but then to to spin things forward. Uh, An important run of match starting. Matches starting, of course, with what you said in, in New England. So... John, I know that you love the DP. You know, you're all about the flash, the cash, you know, like the big the big names, have, the yeah. stars. You're, you know, you, you, you're, you, I got nothing wrong with that. But for me, the most important news item and everything that you just ran down is the man who is one of our own, the homegrown, the, the, the pseudo homegrown that we have uh, since there's no one officially with that status. But Jalen Lindsay, the Charlotte kid who signed that new deal, he's going to be – with us for the long term it was a brilliant move to go get him in the preseason acquisition mode and uh, to go get a Charlotte kid who's come in and just been nothing but I dare say spectacular a little more offensive contribution you could say spectacular he's still one of the most solid pieces of this club Uh, his defense has been outstanding 
he has done some work in the in the uh, in the offense. And uh, you know, Jalen Lindsey's the man. How good he looks at the right back position or on that right wing probably puts more into focus how poor that left side is. Right, right, right. If we could just get the left back nailed down like the right back, we'd be in heaven right now. And that's in what Dreamland. I, and that's exactly Dreamland. That's my one of my favorite soccer terms. And I'll be in Dreamland on Sunday if Charlotte FC can get a couple goals early. Remember, the last two home matches, it was the sixth minute, Carol Svidersky. So yeah. this could be uh, yeah. three in a row. Early goals is when we score early, we win. You know, small sample size, all that. But you, you've made a good point, I think, in previous talks that we've had in terms of you want to see the team get out and get aggressive early. And in the, the matches that we won, that's what we've done. So This match has front foot football written all over it. Mm-hmm. This match has MAR going back to his A1 lineup. Two striker formation at the top. A opportunity for this club to get back right with its fan base after suffering a clean sheet against it on the road in Philadelphia. All week we've heard things. You you talked about Jalen Lindsay and you talked about how important he is for this club and for the future, but he's so important for right now in the locker room. This quote did it for me this week, and I'm sure it'll do it for y'all as well. Uh, quote, our mindset is that this is a revenge game. It is. We need revenge. You, I, I mean, if you didn't, if you weren't, I mean, we don't need to do a whole other episode bitching about how we were condescended to by those Atlanta fans. You know, I, uh, even, you know, even the most patient of our listeners would probably be getting a little sick of that. But, yeah, if you are a listener of this show, you know that we uh, had a little bit of a time in Atlanta with people kind of treating us like the idiot newbies on the block, which we in no way feel that we are. We do not identify as that. And we weren't happy about it, and this is a revenge game. That's all I need to say. It certainly is. And if Jalen Lindsay's saying it, that means the locker room is saying it. It sure. means MAR is saying it. It's it's a top-down approach, and this match is a chip-on-the-shoulder match. And that's the type of match that suits me unbelievably well. Right. That's the type of match that you can prepare for knowing that we're not going to sit deep. We're not going to take pressure. We're not going to try to... Uh, pounce on the break we're going to take it to Atlanta United from the jump and go hard for 90 minutes and if mm-hmm. you can't go 90 minutes we've got five subs to take your ass out right and don't forget how much we dominated the second half against Atlanta in uh, the Mercedes-Benz like we uh, gave up a dumb penalty yes I'll admit that but the second half was ours in that match and everybody said it in the post game and the unfortunate like uh that beautiful Marcelo Moreno ball that floated, floated away from us with the the point that we we didn't get. I can see it now uh, in slow motion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, we, you know, all that. But uh, but we we outplayed in that second half, and that that was really that second half against Atlanta was probably up until that point was our finest hour in the season. And I think we can come out, uh, you know, from the front, from the very jump, and be like that. We'll be in good shape. Nine points after Sunday would be whew, an absolute win, and before the season. If you're thinking about seven games in, having nine points, you, you might run and, and take that. But I think there's just a few things before we get into the nitty-gritty um, about this football match is Atlanta United's health. Joseph Martinez. See you, Joe. Been nice knowing you. Sorry. Uh, uh, <laughs> hope your knee's okay, but I'm glad you're not playing against us this weekend. Officially out. Uh, will not be in Charlotte. We talked about 
the MLS, you could call him a legend based on how he came onto the scene and racked up goals at right. a yeah. almost insurmountable way for right. two years. Just setting records left and right. Just, uh, I mean, as a rec- you know, as a recovering Atlanta United uh, s- somewhat fan myself, you know, I. I well, che- I'm proud of you for admitting that. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I cheered for Atlanta when they were new in the league because they were the, they were the closest team around. What can I say? I was a big fan of Joseph and Miguel Almiron's connection back then. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Joseph is a legend. It's it's strange to say that for someone who's only had, you know, half a decade in the league, but... The impact is there. He's a legend, yeah. yeah absolutely. So you, can, you can just tell when a player makes an individual impact on a league, and he certainly has done that. So that's, that's incredibly important, and he scored a goal against Charlotte FC. Penalty. A penalty, but still, a goal. He had another great chance on that one cutback that probably should have been scored, and Kalina, that was super Kalina, just super Kalina, you know. That's what he does. And it's a bounce-back game for Christian Kalina as well. Um, we, were, we were probably as critical as anybody. And trust me, I heard the feedback. Right. On social, when I talked right. about his gaff, you were getting pushback. I was from people that listened to the episode and said, "Oh, you guys are being too hard on Kalina," you know. But but you had the evidence, you had the receipts. I did, and it's just all about setting a standard. And I think the standard set in the locker room is the same standard that we try to set on this show: being realistic, not being fanboys. Sure, we're supporters, but uh, Mar's expectations are our expectations mm-hmm. and I promise you he didn't go up to Kalina after that gaff and say hey man nice work go get him next time right. he said hey bro right. that ain't gonna happen again we have MAR's expectations for MAR <laughs> you know that <laughs> we got pushed back about uh, when we criticized his formational stuff so I mean you know it is what it is but uh, we're gonna we're we're gonna be critical when criti- criticism is warranted uh Hopefully it's not going to be the case after this game. I'm I'm looking forward to I'm already looking forward to posting the picture of, of MAR just looking up, you know, with that angelic look on his face, <laughs> angelic look on his face, you could say, uh, from the uh, from the first win. Uh, that's what I love. I lo- that's like my reaction pick. That it's I one of the best gifts yeah. I've, I've <laughs> yeah, seen. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So, I, wa- I, I want that photo to be framed on my wall yeah yeah exactly and it's just remarkable it's it's a it's a fantastic moment at the end of the match in that first win after ben bender scores the goal to put us up 3-1 it's in the books we're not giving up that lead and and he's he's just just like pure bliss just like looking up at everything that was happening yeah for sure that's that's when the sunday content drops i i want our sunday content to be like that. That's what I'm hoping for. And, and this week we'll have Sunday night content and potentially Monday morning right. content. Right, yeah, yeah, good point, good point. After, I think uh, our social team will bust it all out on Sunday night. I have no doubt about that. They do a great job. Uh, shout out to the Charlotte FC uh, social team. The one big question I had before we get into some of these club updates and then give our projected 11 for the match on the Charlotte FC side is the official name of this derby. There's still no name. We called it the I-85 derby. But it was almost a placeholder. Total placeholder. That's a great, great use of the term placeholder. So who gets to decide what it is? Everybody is calling it different things. At some point, these clubs have to come together and say, this is what the, the Derby is called. Well, it's, it's not necessarily even the, the front offices or the administrations of the clubs either. It's the more fans. the fans. Right. Because you, my, my best example I can think of and ha- is coincidentally and uh, very conveniently being played this weekend 
is El Trafico, the LAFC versus LA Galaxy derby, which, you know, Southern California, famous for its traffic, and it kind of is a play on El Clasico, obviously, the Barcelona-Real Madrid derby. So people just started calling it El Trafico, and the teams hated it. Bob Bradley in press conferences was like addressing, like, I hate El Trafico, I pray this is not called El Trafico. You know what happened? All the supporters were like, man, I can't wait for El Trafico. <laughs> like, so these kind of things like are, are when you know, you know, it's just kind of like you hear the name and it just like sticks in your head like, oh, that's the freaking Derby. Like for me, I'm trying to think of it as kind of a Kings of the South Derby and I don't think that's going to be a name that I eventually settle on. But, you know, Atlanta likes to call themselves the Kings of the South in, in this venue and others. And we kind of want to take that throne from them a little bit. Uh, I don't know. You can go, you know. In that same vein, what about the Dirty South Derby? That see now 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 that rolls off the tongue. Yes, that it does. swings, baby, as they say <laughs> in jazz. Like I like that a lot. The Dirty South Derby, I can go for it. I wonder. The one thing I will say is I don't know if Charlotte qualifies as Dirty South. I agree. I don't but, disagree there. But we'll see. But you're you're on something. You, we're, we're evolving it to something that it will eventually be. Yeah, Charlotte culture is is I think closer to Atlanta culture than it is Washington D.C. culture. Right, like so from thinking, thinking about the the two major cities that are closest to Charlotte, North Carolina, I think it aspires to DC and is Atlanta in reality. That's what I would say <laughs> in terms of in terms of role models. It's its own thing, obviously. We're Charlotte, baby. Come on now. So we talked about Kristen Fuchs earlier this week, and we've made it this far into the episode without doing what we wanted to do off the top of the show. Well, hey, we set a plan, we set a rundown, and it always starts with the cheers. Yep, and we got to cheers again. <laughs> But happy then, birthday. Then we just start riffing and going, and, we, and sometimes we skip things in the rundown. So, yes, cheers. Happy birthday, Team Dad. It's his 36th birthday today. Fuxy, baby. We love you, man. We talked about his trip to the UK this week. And being that it is his, it is his birthday, oh, Captain, my Captain, happy birthday. He wears the Captain's Band. Right. But I think that there's a chance that he's not wearing the Captain's Band on Sunday because he's out of the lineup and somebody else is. I, I think that's a real possibility. So there's a couple questions that I have for you. Number one is, do you expect Christian Fuchs to start on Sunday versus Atlanta? We, we As of this podcast recording, we don't have any information. MAR hasn't had his pre-match press conference, so we can't give an update, but we can speculate, and I'm curious what you think about that. And secondly, if he doesn't start, who does wear the captain's on that? Well, the second question is a lot harder than the first. I definitely think that he will not start this match. That's my proje- projection. Uh, as far as I know, he was still in the UK as of Wednesday this week. So a flight, that means probably no Thursday training one way or the other. So you're getting back on Thursday, let's say at the earliest. Maybe you jump into Friday training, which I think some coaches will say, you know, if you can make Friday training, you're in. Other coach, I'm not sure exactly where MIR feels on that. But, no, I don't expect him to play. I think he's kind of had a long six weeks. Uh, I think that Team Dad needs a nap, (laughs) if if you will. You can't fault Dad. Don't treat him like he's a geriatric. (laughs) You can't fault Dad for a Saturday afternoon, or excuse me, for a Sunday afternoon nap. Especially on Master Sunday. Yeah, you know, exactly, exactly. (laughs) 
Fuchsie wants to be on the couch as soon as that whistle hits 0-0 on the Charlotte game so he can flip it over to CBS like the rest of us, for sure. But, no, I think uh, I think it's just, you know, I, I don't know. I, uh, side tangent on top of a side tangent is that I don't know how flattering we're really being to uh, Christian Fuchs calling him the team dad because it, it almost, like, makes his age and his, you know, his veteranness, the, the defining characteristic about him, I don't know, but... Something to, something to marry. It doesn't on. bother me. Yeah, like wow. I don't need to marinate it on it. Just yeah. like put it on the grill for me. Like <laughs> the reason why I call him that is because he's older than everybody else. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Well, you know, hey, speaking of grills, you know that the team dad will be the one working it if they ever had a party like that, a backyard grill out. But uh, no, I think uh, to skip to the second part of your question, I don't think Fuchs will play. So let's say early start. So let's say who I think wears there's the two options. Game. I only I know who it is will be. Actually, I, it just popped into my head. I didn't know until you said I think there's two options. But give me your two options. Kalina Swiderski. Okay, I didn't think about Kalina because I just I never think about the goalkeeper. But it makes sense. That actually I didn't consider him, but that actually is what it probably will be. But I know who I think it'll be. You don't think either of those guys? No, no. I think it'll be my guy, the Queen Bee, the <laughs> Alan Franco. <laughs> The, wow. You know, like, uh, I know that MIR loves Franco. I know he counts on Franco. Franco's one of the few guys, a few midfielders who's played 90 minutes every game, as far as I know, uh, except for the one you didn't play, obviously, because of the international travel. I just think who's MAR going to hand it to? I think he would hand it to Alan Franco. It's an, an interesting proposition, and we'll find out on Sunday if, if Fuchs doesn't play, who wears it. It's an important moment for the club because you can kind of find out who is second in the pecking order. And by the way, I think there's one other person that we shouldn't rule out. Guzman Caruja. That would make a lot of sense as well, for Just, sure. You know, a defender passing right. it to another defender. Right. Keep it, keeping it in the position group, you know, for e- sure. Exactly. So. Yeah, I, I wouldn't see. I wouldn't hate that. I actually think it will be Kalina. I did not consider Kalina. I think it will be Kalina. But the one who popped in my head was Franco, so we'll see. Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Brams. We're here at Lenny Boy Brewing, and we're going to come back at you with a, another segment. Follow us on Twitter at For the Crown Baby. You can follow me at John Hayes on Air. You can follow Danny Brams at Danny Brams. And we're going to have our projected 11 coming up, Brams. You ready for that? I, I'm not ready. <laughs> I hope you're ready. I'm gonna, this is like when we're at the restaurant. I'm going to need you to order first. I'm still looking at the menu. You know, I, I'll have something as soon as you're done. Well, we're going to start at the left back position, so please have yourself ready uh, for the appetizer selection on the other side of this break. We'll be right back after this. Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Brams. We're here at Lenny Boy Brewing on Tryon Street in beautiful South End. Love South End. When I moved to Charlotte, this is where I lived. This is where I got to know the city. And I just love being back in this neighborhood, Danny Brams. Oh, it's the place to be. Huge South End fan. I live in the South End as well. I don't anymore, but I wish I did. <laughs> I guess. What can I say? It's, it's beautiful. Lenny Boy's awesome. And we changed up our beers for the next segment. And I did so just because of one of the beautiful beers on tap here is called Send It. And I'm in a golf mood this week, and there's one thing that you got to do when you take the driver, and you got to send that shit. Send it! <laughs> I love it, man. It's Masters Week. I got to say, I know I know for a fact it'll be on, so it won't matter, but the halftime... Uh, 
sub supporter section party in the uh, beer counters of uh, Bank of America is going to be wild because the Masters will be on. It's going to be great. Can't wait. I switched up to a Blarney Red. It's a Irish Red Ale. Classic. You know, I love to mix in an Irish Red every once in a while on top of my IPAs and Pilsners. So. I think it's the second week, or not the second week, but the second show in a row where you had an Irish Red. You know, I got I got some Irish roots. Uh, you know, my last name, Bramlett, sounds kind of French in origin, but actually most of my ancestry is Irish, and, uh, you know, I'll throw down a red. Why not? Me and you both, baby. Let's go. I mean, there's there's nothing like a an Irish football match, truthfully. Too bad they're missing the World Cup, but one of my favorite Premier League players of all time is Robbie Keane. Well, I know you love Spurs, so that doesn't surprise me whatsoever. Uh, some of his goals during his time at Tottenham were just like worldies. Absolute fucking worldies. A huge Robbie Keane fan. and um, He's also an MLS legend. He know? is, yeah, he is. He, <laughs> he, is. Sp- he spent some time in the league, and he actually was, if you compare him to guys like Pirlo and Lampard, he was not the worst... Uh, aging Premier League star or European star to come over, so good for him. Good transition, Danny Brams, because we do have an aging European star (laughs) on our squad. Uh, Premier League champion, team dad, happy birthday, Christian Fuchs. And I want to make sure that I'm very clear here with the conversation that's going to transpire over the next three, five minutes or so, and that is that I think Christian Fuchs is invaluable to this football club. We've called him the most important player on the team, and I don't think we're coming back from that at all. Exactly. So when you hear this criticism, I want it to be in a very constructive manner. So um, one thing I think that made us think about this was our friends at BanksBeerSoccer.com. Truly a fantastic article this week. Right. Great blog that focuses on the analytics, uh, really posts a lot of numbers and heat maps and things like that. If you're not following Banks Beer Soccer as a Charlotte FC fan, you're missing a huge aspect of the game. And this uh, most recent post this week that caught our eye was great. So, the question when we talk about our projected 11, we wanted to focus on that left back position. We've got three options at Charlotte FC. We have Christian Fuchs, we have Joseph Mora, and we have Adam Armour. Who gets the start on Sunday and why? If we're in a 4-4-2, which I expect us to be in, a four-man back line, let's say, I think it will be Mora. Mora, I mean, look, I, I, no one's been more critical of Mora than, than me. But the fact is, he's he's a good defender. My, my, my biggest problems are with him are, are that we had no offense, and he was a big contributor to the, our lack of offense. And now that we've been able to find offense through some other venues, Ben Bender, Carol Swiderski, Jordi Alcivar, I'm not as... We don't need offense from Joe Moore necessarily as much, and so I'm happy to have him in there as a solid, strong defender. We disagree there, and that's okay, because I think this is a tailor-made game for Adam Armour in that left-back position. We talked about front foot football. We talked about taking it to Atlanta. Who's feeling good about the last time they played against Atlanta United? Have we ever? Has anyone? Has anyone on Charlotte FC ever scored a goal against Atlanta? So, if there's somebody that's earned a start for this match, who came on the pitch and played well, I think this is potentially the first match that we could see Adam Armour go the full 90 minutes for Charlotte FC. He's ready. He's prepared. 
he hasn't started since that. He hasn't started. Period. All right. You know, it's All like, right. and now it's time. All right. I love. I love the optimism. I love the enthusiasm. I love how much you love Adam Armour. Oh I think that's God. great. But let me let me just put you <laughs> put it to you like this. Let's say you're the coach of Charlotte FC. You're two wins, four losses, zero draws, and you need to make sure that you do not lose this match at home against Atlanta United. Are you putting a 20-year-old kid in as your starting left back? I, I, I just don't know, man. I just don't know. Especially, you know, I, I just don't know. You said it yourself there, and it's the type of energy, it's the type of belief that this club cannot have on Sunday. You don't go into the match saying, we can't lose. That's soccer. That's negative soccer. You go into the match saying, this is how we win. This is how we score goals. This is how we press forward. And Joseph Mora is not the guy to do it. I mean, I, I agree with you. But his heat map. Let's get back to Banks. I want to talk about. I want to talk about what's real. I want to talk about reality, and what's what's really going to happen when a coach who's the youngest coach in the league is faced with his back against the wall in a must-win home match. That's that, I just that's all. That's all I'm saying. If Miguel Angel Ramirez starts Adam Armour at left back on Sunday, <laughs> I promise you. <laughs> I will lose my mind. I will like literally bow down right. on my knees and say, you are the king. I'm not saying it won't happen. I'm just trying to think of what's more likely to happen. And like I said, we don't necessarily need the offense to come from that spot. We've shown we can get the offense from other areas. Let me add some context to you. Okay. Thanks, beer and soccer. The reason why I brought up that blog is because they did an incredible breakdown of the heat map for Joseph Mora for Christian Fuchs and for Adam Armour over the last five seasons. Obviously, Adam Armour doesn't have that sample size, only have the sample size for him for the Charlotte Independence last season. But for Christian Fuchs, you can go back four or five years at Leicester City. For Joseph Moore, you can go back as well four or five years at, has time at, at during his time at different MLS clubs and abroad as well. And you can see like clearly on those heat maps that both Christian Fuchs and Joseph Mora give you nothing forward. Absolutely nothing. And when I mean nothing, I mean like literally, they are not on the field between the 18-yard box and the byline down the flank. Right. They can't get there because they're too slow to get back all the way. You know who's not? Adam Armour can give you 90 minutes byline to byline and work his fucking ass off. And if you can't select that, then that's a problem. Has he, he, you say he didn't give us 90 minutes. Yeah, I mean. I guarantee you. I guarantee I can go <laughs> I mean, away. He hasn't shown I, it. I, I, let me go get him out of his apartment right now, <laughs> and I'll put him on back of America Stadium, and I'll say run headline to headline for 90 minutes, and he'll do it. Look, I don't know if this this is the time for me to drop this story, but when we went to the Charlotte FC kit release at the, the North End, I actually parked my car in the parking lot, and when I got out of my car, who was parked right next to me was Adam Armour. I'm a, <laughs> You know, that's my brush with greatness. I'm not, I'm not exactly top bin ninety over here stalking uh, Charlotte <laughs> FC players, but that's some good shit. You know, uh, uh, I love Adam Armour is, all, is what I'm trying to say, and I get it. And I think he probably could go ninety, but I don't know how strong he could be for ninety. I, I, and I also want to just say that Fuchs, even without getting far up the, he doesn't have to get as far up the pitch to still give us something offensively compared to Mora. At least I, I'm with you there. 
And I think Fuchs could be. You bring up the Banks blogs and soccer uh, article. Banks beers and soccer. Sorry, Banks beers and soccer. <laughs> I threw blogs in there. I, I, you know, whatever. Uh, they they ultimately the ultimate conclusion of that post was that Fuchs would be an amazing sixty to seventy minute sub in that role and come in and just go hog wild and like and just tear up the last twenty minutes. Uh, but. Uh, you know, I think they concluded Mora would start also. Yeah, maybe, maybe by reading that post, I just got too conservative because I'm not a conservative type of guy. I don't know. I don't know why I'm sitting here arguing against Adam Armour. That's other, what I'm curious. That's the why fact it's been a long day that I've been uh, having a few beers. I don't know, but <laughs> that, that's what I'm trying to understand. Is because I, I thought you'd be on board with this. That Sunday is the time, and I'm shocked that you're not. But that's okay. So I've got Adam Armour in on the left side, and I've got Guzman Carujo. Uh, in the middle with Christian McCoon, and Same. we've got and we've got Jalen Lindsay on and the right back nothing, position. Nothing could knock Knuckles Lindsay off that right back position at all. I would love to see Jalen Lindsay get a, a, an assist this weekend. I think it would really punctuate the week that he's had, which is one of the best weeks of his career, and he hasn't really played. He's been getting a little more involved in the offense. I wouldn't be shocked to see it happen. So let's move up into the midfield, working out of the back, just like MAR does well, on match day. Okay. And whether we're going a 4-4-2 or whether we're going a 4-3-3 or whether we're going a 4-3-2-1, let's just start with the midfield um, in the spine, a 4-1-3-2. There's so many different right. options for this club. What's the, who's the defensive mid and the, 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 the eights? It's between Bronnie Bro and Derek Jones. And for some reason, Bronny Bro got the start in Philly. And that was interesting to me. And it feels like we're going on, off, on, off with these two. And in a front foot match, I think Derek Jones gets that start. Yeah, I think it goes back to kind of what Miguel Angel said in the postgame presser that we highlighted, which was, that it was hard for him to bench Bronico. It was hard for him to draw Bronico out of the starting 11. And he put Brent right back in because he trusted him in a tough situation. But I'm with you. I would like to see Jones there, and I think we will see Jones there. His partner in the center for me is Alan Franco. He didn't play in Philadelphia like we projected he wouldn't. And I expect him to be back in the starting lineup this Sunday. So who does he replace? Osivar or Ruiz? Ruiz, for sure. I think this is. You a, like what Yordi's been bringing? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, and I just think that in that center spine position of the midfield, I think Derek Jones and Alan Franco gives you a really dynamic duo there. Mm-hmm. Two guys that you can count on to be defensive, that who can also be offensive, and Sergio Ruiz and Brant Bronico, two of the guys that I'm leaving out of this formation. The reason why I'm leaving them out is because I think they could be really good subs if you're up two 0 Mm-hmm. D- Jones and Franco both out. Right. Ruiz, Bronico. Let them go in. balls to the wall. Hold it down. Yeah. You're man marking like crazy. It's two mm-hmm. nil. Let's bring this thing home. I think that's a really good um, game flow for Charlotte FC if they want to win. And then I assume also ours your third uh, third midfielder. Yes. Doing the same thing he's been doing. Exactly right. Yes. So that that covers the three there. Whether you want to morph that into a four-four-two or a four-three-three, it means that we have three left on the top, along with, of course, Christian Kalina in net, who, of course, has earned his right to to play in yeah, that net. Yeah. If we now mention Kalina in net, 
you can safely assume it's Kalina in that <laughs> until further notice. Ben Bender automatically in. Well, I mean, when Bender Bender's first start, you remember Miguel said I had no choice but to start Ben Bender because I had nobody else. So I've been kind of thinking to myself, would Bender get dropped when the team gets back to full strength, uh, including Uzviak? And we're not quite there, obviously. We don't have Camille ready to start yet. But I think Ben Bender's in, obviously. But I wouldn't necessarily lock Ben into my starting 11 for the next, you know, one to two month span, necessarily. I would love to see it. But I'm not. But don't be surprised if he somehow finds his way back to the bench. Look, I'm not saying Bender's necessarily going to sit this Saturday, but I don't think you can auto lock him in for the next 30 games as a starter at Charlotte. I think there's some point is going to come where he ends up sitting, and it's because we have our full strength team. We still have to add a third DP. Remember? Yes, we do. He's yeah. in for this weekend, though. Okay, that's that's. The end-all, be-all when it comes to this conversation. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So we can agree on that. And uh, we, we both have Karel Svidersky up top, which leaves um, one final player, two final players? Just one. Just one final player. He wears number 12, and you don't get in the club unless you clear it through him first. He's the bouncer, Danny Rios, and there's no reason not to start him this week. Miguel... I think he realized he made the mistake versus Philadelphia, and he tried to correct it by subbing in Rios at halftime back to the 4-4-2. He didn't waste a lot of time getting to back to it, but unfortunately, Kalina gave away a free goal and uh, within the first minute of the second half, so we didn't really get to see how that change worked. But I believe Miguel will, will be back to that against Atlanta from the jump on Sunday. So we have basically the same projected 11. Minus at left back, we could see Joseph Joseph Moore in the mix. And, okay, back to the conversation about Christian Fuchs, because this is where it began, and now it's time to come full circle about an important conversation that I had today with one of my best friends, uh, someone that, that knows soccer as well, and I hate to admit this, as well as anybody, as much as he pisses me off sometimes about Chelsea and France. Uh, I'll give him credit, and he knows MLS. He's been an NYCFC season ticket holder for a very, very long time. And my friend Guy, he told me today, and I could not disagree with him, that Christian Fuchs is a MLS super sub. That if you wanted to play him at striker next to Svodersky, that you could. <laughs> That's a great call. That's a great call. And I was like, dude, that is fucking true, man. Like, right. he literally can play any position for the last 30 we, minutes of a match. We saw it in the Galaxy game when he basically just took it upon himself to get up there and become the center attacking mid and just start distributing balls and service, just desperately trying to get us a win. So think about he it like this. Anything. Think about it like this. Fuchs is left out. He's back from the U.K. He says, Coach, I can't give you the full 90 this weekend. Right? It's been a long week for know. me. I've been on two transatlantic flights, bro. But I can give you 30, right? And... It's 1-1, late, Svodersky's ready to go the full 90, and Danny Rios is just dragging ass. <laughs> just huffing air. 70 minutes in, right. 65 minutes in, he's just like, he looks over the sideline he, and says, like, I've, he, I've given it, my, my race has been run. He's turned away countless dudes in baggy shorts <laughs> from the front door. Like, I'm good, all right? I'm good. I, I need to go home. This night's getting late. Get me on the bench. In that moment... 
right? I, I think in the past, you, we've considered TT or T's to be in that role, but now I'd like to shift TT over to an Alcivar Bender replacement. Right? I think that's where TT can potentially do really well as a super sub on the outside, in the channels, making runs. He does lead the league in offside-headed goals, but yes. <laughs> he does. So if you shift TT out of that role of replacing a striker, then you say to yourself, well, who now replaces the striker late right. in the match? And you go, well, why not Christian Fuchs? <laughs> That's amazing. You're blowing my mind right now in a very good way. I mean, it's, it's something that makes this league special, right? And I, I think people will knock MLS for maybe this conversation. But self-awareness to me is the most important trait that any person or organization or club could have. And in this moment, when it comes to skill, when it comes to ability in short spurts, Christian Fuchs is better than anybody on this squad, with the exception of Sverdersky and potentially Yuzviak. Right, I mean, Fuchs captained his nation at the European Championships, you know, 10 years ago. So, this guy can do pretty much anything. He used to take corner kicks, he used to be on all the set pieces for Leicester. Uh, I mean, he's a special talent. He's just 36 years old as of today, and God love him. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm older than that in real life, but I'm not ever trying to play professional soccer for 90 minutes a night every week. This is this is our birthday gift to you, Fuchs. Like, we're telling you, bro. Like, like hey, You're man. a striker now. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't want to hear that on yeah. their birthday? Yeah. It's the ultimate yeah. gift yeah. for any soccer player. Yeah. So I, I just hope that if it doesn't happen on Saturday, I, I hope that – one thing that Miguel Angel has shown us, Brands, is that he's willing to be a little flexible. He's creative. He's creative. And if, you, if you're going to think about mm -hmm. this squad and its weaknesses and its strengths and how you can get people to play together as a unit, having Christian Fuchs as a super sub on weeks where he doesn't want to go the full 90 is better than having him play left back for 90 minutes. It's better than having him play center back for 90 right. minutes. So, sure. If he wants to go 90 some weeks when he's feeling great, go ahead, go ahead, play defense. But on those weeks where you say, hey, coach, I need a break, right? What do you need to do at that point? Throw him in in the 65th minute and see right. if he can get a goal. Just let him be creative up there. He, he's always looking to attack. For a defender, he's always looking to attack, and that's a great trait. But, hey, at this point in his career, Let's capitalize on that and make him an attacker. Why, you know, why not? You know, his, his defense has been shown to be a little bit lacking in spots this season. Let's be honest. So I'm, I got no problem with it. It's a fun conversation, and I think you know some diehard fans and soccer people listening to this show might be looking out the window of their car or walking down the street <laughs> with their AirPods on and saying, "Man, these guys are fucking crazy." Right. But a month from now. When Fuchs comes in as a super sub to score a goal. I mean, if, if playing Fuchs as a uh, sub striker would piss off the MLS establishment media even that much more, Let's I'm do it Sunday. completely up for it. Trust me. That, that's all we want to do. So, before we get out of here, it's a preview episode. We try to keep this quick. Lenny Boy's closing up on us. The yoga class is getting out. Last call has happened. So We, we can't stretch this episode any further. We just want to talk about the U.S. Open Cup. And we want to talk about the U.S. Open Cup 
and the reason why is because this is a first time in club history right. that we're going to be scheduled in a fixture in this competition. I and think that's exciting. It's another competition for us to go out and chase and try to win. You know, a lot of uh, a lot of MLS clubs have have bragging rights back to their days of when they were in lower divisions before they came up and and they don't have promotion, you know, in the US system, but a lot of MLS teams were founded from previously existing lower teams that just kind of graduated, if you will, with, with the help of a lot of money. So, but yeah, they still brag about their U.S. Open Cup victories. Seattle Sounders have won a bunch of them. Uh, FC Cincinnati won it on the year right before they became uh, jumped from USL to MLS, and they were very proud of that. It hasn't really helped them that much uh, in the interim. But uh, yeah, U.S. Open Cup matters. It's a fun competition, and uh, unfortunately, we're not going to see. Charlotte FC against the Independents, that would have been super cool, but we might see them against a North Carolina squad. The North Carolina Fusion under 23, who beat the Charlotte Independents this week. A club out of Greensboro. They're still alive in this tournament. We could be drawn against them. Would be great to play against another North Carolina-based club. If we can't do that, I'd love to play against the Battery and get a... Uh, you know who's uh, out? I was just about to tell oh, you. Oh, the Battery's out? They're, they're out. Oh, they lost this em. week. Yeah. Fuck you, Battery. You like that? You like that? No U.S. Open Cup for y'all this year. Yeah, you might, you might win the Charleston Challenge Cup or whatever the hell that preseason Congrats is. Congrats on the new beer garden down at the, the, uh, the stadium, for sure. So, um, keep an eye on that. The, the draw is Friday morning, so by the time... Y'all are uh, listening to this podcast Friday at noon Eastern. By the time some of y'all are listening to this podcast, you'll know who Charlotte FC is playing in the third round of the U.S. Open Cup. And it's an exciting moment for the franchise. Yeah, I hope so, we go at least a few rounds, if, if not deep, into the tournament. So we gotta, we've got to come up with a plan for Sunday. Um, it's a big day. Master Sunday. Whew. Liverpool, Manchester City at 1130. Woo. Charlotte FC... Atlanta United at 1.30, and then the final nine holes. As soon as we get out of the the match on Sunday, the leaders will be about three holes away from Amen Court. Right. It's straight back, get in front of a TV, watch the Masters, for sure. So um, it's a huge day, and my thought process as of now is to just go for it. Go big, go big, and go home. <laughs> yeah, just totally go for it. Like my attitude on Sunday is going to be the same as I want the squad's attitude to be. When I show up in that stadium on Sunday against Atlanta United, I am going to be absolutely lit. Right. And the reason why is because if the squad's going to go for it, if I need the squad to go for it, I'm going to go for it too. And there's another reason why, John, and that is a first for your history as a supporter. You're planning to be in the supporter section. Absolutely. And I'm not the type of person that shows up to the supporter section and just kind of stands around and goes, oh, yeah, this match is good. Yeah, it's great. I'm really enjoying it. No. Like, I will be on my feet the entire time, be singing my, my lungs out, and enjoy my time as long as I'm close to the Blue Fury because that's where I want to be. Oh. It's, it's, it's just got to find the boys in the supporter section. It's going to be great, man. The Hermanos will not let us down. Give me a score prediction as we get out of here. Score prediction is I I want to go three to one, Charlotte FC, but 
I'll go four to one shot. Oh, yeah. Hell yes. 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 Thank you. You stole what I was about to do. Really? I'm just going to let you have it, man. Fuck yeah. Four to one. Let's get them. Let's it's, crush them. It's a huge day. Atlanta United is coming into Charlotte as a wounded duck. And uh, Charlotte FC has a chance to avenge that 97th, what felt like 147th minute winner at the Superdome. The Mercedes-Benz Stadium, not the Superdome. All these fucking <laughs> Fuck domes. Em. Yeah, Fuck seriously, em. who cares? That's a dome. It is Listen, a dome. I'm going to take it one step further with the predictions. Jalen Lindsay gets on the score sheet with either a goal or an assist. Cheers to that. John Hayes, Danny Brams, uh, here at Lenny Boy Brewing, and... We're, we're pumped for the match, and we'll be, be we'll be here with you next week to recap it and have some fun. But until then, it's the Charlotte Soccer Show. We'll talk to you soon. For the crown, baby. <laughs> <laughs>